fire. I don't want to set the world on fire. Please welcome Tom Summary. <laughs> I'm known that I'm here, and uh, your white privilege is going to save you tonight, okay, guys? <laughs> and no village. I am a centrist. I am a radical centrist. No other and I promote radical anti-centrism. I've lost all there are serious problems on the right and the left, and I don't condone Any government is to monopolize as much violence as possible in order for it to inflict it on as many citizens as possible. I've been on this like weird anarchist art for a, like a, a few months now. This is playing by their rules exactly how they are. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame. You're watching the dog and chicken show. Like, share, subscribe. That's right. It's time for the dog and chicken show. Welcome back. Oh, Phil, you son of a bitch. I am Welcome a no back. good rascalian. <laughs> Tried Folks. to steal my thunder? Come on. it's Just because chicken's gone don't mean you're going to slide past me tonight, Phil. You oh. won't get your chance. It is one thirty-seven, folks. Episode 137 of the Dog and Chicken Show. Happy Cinco de Mayo indeed. And it is going to be quite the evening here tonight and as you can see we are poultry free tonight uh maybe he'll try to make his presence known in the comments or sneak on for a little little quick cameo maybe if he's not in the car but we shall see i am tony fucking g tony the rod 2.0 on tiktok and you can find me all over those social platforms and shows all over the link tree slash big buck and link you know the deal all right phil got it in go ahead <sighs> Folks, welcome one and all to Big Buckin' Empire, episode 137, Roe v. Depp, folks. We are here to discuss the main issues of the day here at Big Buckin' Empire on YouTube and Facebook, and it is I, the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that makes the other podcast cower, the prince and potentate of the political parlance, the lord of the Scottish Highlands, the conqueror of the ethereal, and one damn handsome man, if I do say so myself, your king of extreme Bill KOE. You can find me at KOE Nation on YouTube, KOE Nation on TikTok, KOE Nation on Twitch. And folks, it's been a very slow news week. There's just nothing to talk about. I'm, of course, kidding, of course, folks. But we are joined by a very special guest coming to us all the way over from Twitch, folks. We've got the one, the only, somebody online good sir welcome to the show introduce the people to the wonder that is you well phil thank you so much for uh welcoming on today uh i've encountered you a couple of times over on the twitch space here and there doing a couple of different things uh, uh 
absolutely fantastic individual. You were on my panel yesterday. We were talking about various controlled substances and various things like that. Thank you so much for visiting me on uh, my channel. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and meet all of your friends here on your channel. Again, I'm somebody online. I am a Twitch streamer over on Twitch. I do a lot of different things on there. I host a number of political panels where I approach things from a rather peculiar perspective in comparison with other uh uh, people that are on there having similar such conversations. I like to do interviews with interesting people that have passions that are interesting to them. And I like to find out why they're so interested in their passions. I like talking to these people about the reason that they get up out of bed today and what they get out of bed to go and do. I find that people that uh, run their own businesses, create their own arts, or just have something that they're trying to share with the world are so much more interesting than uh, people that are just going through their daily routines. And those are the kind of people that I'm interested in talking to. And those are the type of people that I like to talk to on my channel. Phil, of course, you are an extremely interesting individual. I've had you on my channel on a panel format before. I look forward to having you on my channel so that we can have a more direct one-on-one -on -one personal conversation, cut through some of the muck, so to speak, and speak to each other mono e mono and get to know one another a little bit better. But again, thank you so much for letting me come on here today. I look forward to getting to meet both of you a little bit more this afternoon. Again, those of you out there, if you like anything that I have to say, if you're a fan of anti or radical anti-centrism or just radical centrism in general, Come on over, somebody online over on Twitch, or some dummy online if you want to follow me on Twitter. I say uh, a couple of dumber things on there, so some dummy online seems to work better there. Well, we are certainly glad to have you this evening, sir. And the next thing we're going to get into before we get into our stories is, well, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, drink it, my goodness. It is the 5th of May. It's Cinco de Mayo. Uh, oh, I'm not a tequila guy. I do like my rum, and I prefer my rum dark personally. So I'll be drinking Kraken tonight. I've already pre-mixed it. Nice. Now, you see, I live uh, where I live. So we got Walmart brand. We drink Sam's Cola in my house. And so uh, we've already done our mix-up over here. But I'll tap it off as I go. Thank you guys so much again for uh, letting me enjoy with your games with you tonight. Oh, no, Absolutely. no, no problem. Glad I, to I have you, sir. One of the drinking words tonight is Wade. <laughs> or yeah. So you can say Roe v. Wade, but that you're gonna have to drink. But if you say Roe, you'll be fine. So me, I just opened this Prospero. I'm sure I said that just perfectly. I mean, like I'm sure it was just A plus. Throw in a little bit of the triple sec contro because I mean I, I'm making what I'm calling a mango Rita because all I have is uh this mango uh, Arizona here. So that's what I'm going to be drinking this evening. And also for you beautiful people who want to try and make me drink gin, you know what it's going to take 500 stars to get me to take my first shot of gin, but I ain't got to worry about that. None of you got the moxie. None of you got the temerity. None of you got the guts. None of you got the balls to make me take that shot of gin. So I do not worry because no gin shall touch these lips this evening. It will only be beautiful mango Rita this evening. And with that, team, what are you it? drinking this evening? They're actually not well, too fucking bad. Well, good. I like I'll be making, making these more in the future. The All right. Bringing endorsement from 1KOE. Now, I am starting off with a supermarket margarita that I bought a couple hours ago and just had enough time to let it get almost frozen in the freezer. It's actually not bad. This is a peach version. Pretty good. I've got a regular classic margarita as well. That'll probably be... It'll be thought out by the time I get to it, but I do have some various bourbons. I've got a couple of beers down here if we get to the starboard at all, and I do also have a bottle of gin. Now, those of you not familiar with the starboard, 
again, I'm going to preface this with, we will be doing stars tonight, but once we get into the meat of the schedule tonight, the big topic. The main event. The main event, the, the main reason you're here, the Roe v. Wade stuff, we're probably going to just not even worry about stars until after the fact. So if you want to get them in, get them in now. If you want to make Phil drink some gin, I would recommend doing it early and doing it soon. Sooner but rather than later. As you know, here is the star board, same as it always is. 100 stars a minute to mute Phil, because we know that's who you want to mute. Uh, same oh. thing for singing, because you know you want to hear Phil sing, but, you know, make it uh, make it appropriate with the topics to tonight. And, of course, for shots and beer chugs, uh, yeah, it'll increase by 500 every time. But, again, get those in early if you want to do that. And I do want to mention, folks, if you have any big spending on the stars coming up, I, I would recommend holding off any big spending – for here just Andre. in a couple of weeks it's coming up and it's coming up fast folks i can't believe it's already here holy crap may 20th friday may 20th starting at 7 p.m this is the third annual andre third. the giant beer drinking challenge and fundraiser this year because yep. we are raising funds for the Wounded Warrior Project all proceeds we uh, raise that night whether it be a five bucks whether it be five million dollars they will all go to the wounded warrior project so if you want to be a big spender this would be the night to do it folks uh, share this event with everybody you can we want to have a good turnout we gotta we would like to break 200 total and that includes the the staff on camera as well as all of you in the audience however many beers get drank that will be the total and we're looking for a new record as we do every year so again may 20th be there for it. whether or not you uh, want to send in a picture or video of you drinking a beer with us or just mention it in the comments. Every little bit helps. And again, stars count and we will find some other various ways if you are watching on a different platform such as YouTube or Twitch. So don't worry. We will find a way to make sure that your donations count. Again, all proceeds will be going to the Wounded Warrior Project. Cannot wait for that. Yes. So and that is the 20th, the 20th of this month, folks. Be right here. Big Bucking Empire on YouTube and Facebook so you can be a part of this momentous occasion and we can do it for a good cause, folks. So that is the party to be at the 20th of this month. You know, it's a, uh, and actually, Ace and Deuce, we are on the, the one, the only stream yard. Basically, the PS4 to Discord's Xbox 3. Uh, <laughs> Uh, live you know like that yeah stream yard is pretty handy for this uh, for how we do our show because we we do a ton of audience interaction with facebook and it makes it really really helpful for that yes stream yard very nice for what we do here uh now, any it, other it, uh, plugs go ahead uh well uh i'm never above shameless self-promotion but i do want to say um we do have some other people that are going to be joining us a little bit later yeah you gotta excuse tony he's got four kids that are all under the age of seven so he might have to you know dip out here once in a while uh but yeah um We've got a couple other cast members that are going to be joining us um, potentially if uh, her kids get to sleep. Uh, Kay Fellows is going to be joining us to give her perspective on this. And also, I just got word that Tiberius uh, may be showing up later as well if his uh, you know, when he wraps his show up. So we might be getting both Tiberius and Kay here a little later, which is perfect. I didn't want the topic to have any more than five people in it because otherwise it becomes what I like to call a clusterfuck. So uh, that. <laughs> So here we are. We got some big brain power for this particular evening. Now, Tony, of all the topics du jour this evening, what would you like to open with Dog of Dog and Chicken Show? 
Well, you know, there's a lot of fun things we could talk about and not get depressing right out of the gate. I, yeah, <laughs> Project Sadface, uh, I Welcome think back. is what the fuck. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Glad to see you, sir. I think his what the fuck was because the, the video, the intro video kind of glitched on me. I don't know why uh. right at the beginning. Oh no! No, I, Brandon Corblick's asking if he looks like it. to me. I I think um, honestly, somebody online looks like a young Alfred Pennyworth when he was given Martha mm. Wayne the business and got her pregnant with Bruce Wayne. Okay, yeah, so that's we're right. not going to get into Alfred, this debate right Alfred now. Alfred right? is Bruce no. Wayne's father. I fucking said it. Wash me in your judgment, Batman. I'm sure that's probably true. But let's be frank. Alfred was not getting any of uh, Martha's punan. Let's let's be See, completely. I I was going for iDubs cosplaying as Indiana Jones when I picked my outfit originally, but I have heard uh, Dr. Disrespect dressed as Sherlock <laughs> Holmes as well and a variety of other things. But, um, what was, you know, uh, I'm not opposed Indiana to any Jones, new ideas. Indiana Jones' dad in... Uh, uh, was, was it Sean Connery played Indiana Jones' It was dad? Sean Connery. I was thinking that. I have a hard time taking that as anything but a compliment. So I oh, do appreciate course. it, sir. And I must compliment you on your hat as well. Can I ask you the brand? Uh, this one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I have some Stetsons, but this one is a, let me look, uh, M-I-T-T, -T, or M-H-T. It's pretty worn down. I've had this one for quite some time. M-H-T. Yeah, gum, yeah, gum. No, your your whole aesthetic. I swear, you got the whole thing going on. I've got. I feel I have to change my glasses so I can keep up here. <laughs> there we go. Now okay. I feel a little All bit right. more at home. The well, Blues Brothers. Now that nice. it's getting bright in here, let's uh, let's get some let's get a spicy one in here right out the gate. This one's big, folks. Like this is a big topic. I know everybody's been talking about it. How could you not? Holy crap! This is coming my from pillow. ABC News. Mike Lindell, my pillow CEO, gets banned from Twitter yet again. It did what not last mean? long, folks. It did not last long. My pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, was banned from Twitter for a second time after attempting to use a new account to access the social media platform. Uh, Lindell set up that. an account on Sunday on Twitter under Mike J. Lindell. The account was quickly suspended. Uh, Twitter said Monday that Lindell's new account was permanently suspended for violating its rules on ban evasion. Lindell's original Twitter account was permanently banned in January 2021 after Lindell continued to perpetuate the baseless claim, quote unquote, that Donald Trump won the 2020 U.S. presidential election. And at the time, Twitter said that it decided to ban Lindell to repeated violations of its civic integrity policy. So basically, uh, Mike Lindell probably thought, well, now that Elon Musk is running Twitter here, I can just go right on, make myself a nice new uh, MyPillow Twitter account, and just start letting everybody know that if you go to MyPillow.com, type in promo code Q17, you will get an amazing 17% off of MyPillow. So yeah, I think that's probably what he was thinking at this point. Now, I got to say, Mike... I get that you wanted to get into the activism game and you were pro Trump and everything. I think this might have hurt your overall ability to sell pillows. Um any any publicity is good publicity for a guy like Mike Lindell at this point, I feel like. But yeah, he I think he jumped the gun on this one a little bit. He probably should have waited until maybe a sale was finalized and Elon goes, you know, on the warpath and slashes out the censorship program of Twitter, but 
you know, he's he, the article does go on to say he he felt obligated to get back on Twitter and prove that he, in fact, is the real Mike Lindell because there were so many fake accounts that he just had to prove that he is the one true Mike Lindell because we know he's the real shady, the real Slim Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating. Oh, now so now we know, and they did find the real Slim Shady, and he's already been banned again. And oh. I, I did find it interesting at the bottom of this article. I am uh, Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. <laughs> I'm Mike Lindell. No, I'm Mike Lindell. No, I'm Mike Lindell. No, no, yeah, guys, I think you guys are giving him a little bit of a hard time. He is an older <laughs> gentleman. The internet is an extremely complicated place. I mean, it's hard to know what you can and what you can't do. And the Logan Paul effect is kind of a good thing. So, I mean, this is sort of helping his brand as a whole, especially amongst the I don't know how to use the internet crowd. That's true. I'll give you that. Well, and he's well, but to be fair, he's he feels like he's very tech savvy because he is basically a voting booth expert. And he's proven that over the last year and a half. Voting That's machines. True. He has learned Jeez. a lot very quickly. Oh, very. I was about to say, it's like, hello, I'm Mike Liddell. And is it really all that hard for you to believe that a decade ago I was addled on crack in Tuscaloosa, Wisconsin, <laughs> all that? Like, you know, it is a little. um. Is kind of fun. Like, Grant, I love Mike. Lindell. He is the Rob just, Ford he, of the pillow game. He is, but Ace of Deuce, I still don't know why Mike Lindell has any influence in politics because he fucking sells the political pillows. Okay. Uh, how did he go from a man selling pillows to some sort of political influence? Like, honestly, I think he was one of the first, like, publicly known entrepreneurs that like full throatedly endorsed trump god damn it trump i fucking love you you're the yeah, best i wrote bad. you a poem donald would you like to hear it roses no. are red violets are blue your hair is so golden i love you like, like i think <laughs> that was probably had a little something to do with it um because he was just the first one to just jump out there and then he didn't like you, you got i gotta give him credit he's a true believer He's a I, true I believer. Like that's well, the best word to describe him. That man <laughs> believes and believes, and first he believes, and then he finds proof after that. <laughs> yeah, there's that's true. Uh, proof be damned, he's going to believe it regardless. Now, I didn't realize this. Now we know Trump has his own social media platform. Like Mike Blundell obviously idolizes Donald Trump, and he followed suit and getting banned on Twitter just like Trump did. And apparently, he also found another way to copy trump we, we know trump has true social are you aware of that. something called frank social nice Come yeah apparently frank mike lindell also has a social media platform called frank social i did not bother to look into it at all because i well frankly i'm terrified to see what i find now considering how slow it was for trump to get people onto truth social I'm assuming you need to complete at least a $70 order on mypillow.com yeah. in order to get a membership on Frank right. Social. Right, usually get free shipping, but you just get a membership to Frank Social. Yeah, this I'm comes so the... glad that you used the word frankly in a sentence after that, because I thought we were talking about a dude named Frank, and I was wondering why Mike named his freaking social media platform after his boyfriend. Uh, yeah, I don't... I'm a little perplexed by everything that Mike Lindell does. was knows. back in the crack days, allegedly. Let's not bring that up, somebody. I, anytime I see Mike Lindell's <laughs> name pop up on any story, I cannot help but think about the video of him. I can't remember who he was on with, uh, whatever show he was on. 
but somebody managed to call the show and pretend to be Donald Trump, and he is just elated and excited and just so happy. Oh, we're right here with the real president of the United States, Donald Trump. Mr. President, can I hear you? And they just immediately troll him, and he's just wrecked. You can just see the defeat in his face. It just ruined his entire year. I almost felt bad for him. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> It's like, damn it, I got trolled on live TV. <laughs> like, like that, that guy, uh, God, uh, but again, God bless him. I mean, now what's funny is his pillows, from everything I've heard and from everything I've felt personally, damn good pillows and sheets. Like, apparently, like, even the people who, like, hate, like, there was a story about uh, somebody who's working for the Biden White House. They go home to their parents over the weekend, over some holiday, and they're like, wow, that pillow and those sheets are amazing on my bed, Mom. Where'd you get? Oh, they're the my pillow guy. Oh, my God! Burn them! Throw them out! What the fuck? And so, like, apparently, even if you're a Biden uh, supporter, they're pretty good sheets. Uh, so, you know, it, that's what it they say. Like, I mean, how much are those pillows, though? They better be darn good. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're, cheap. They don't give them away. Uh, no. They're not. Yeah, they, they, they're not like a Walmart pillow that you can get for like somebody signed me up for something. And every like couple months, I'll receive a text message saying, hey, check out this link and get like 20% off of my pillow order. Uh, introducing my sheets this week. I didn't sign up for this. Thanks a lot. Probably Phil. Thanks, Phil. Well, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that you got a lot of right-wing advertisements in your... Well, hello, Kay. How we doing? How we doing? Uh, no, <laughs> what you got to understand, Project, is that the uh, KOE Nation fans are so tech-savvy that e ain't just one viewer means that like 30,000 of the KOE Nation are watching okay. us in a side Let's watch Let's not party. use Biden math. Come on. Uh, well, okay, okay, 20, <laughs> allegedly, 20, allegedly, 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 20,000. Okay, so you know, we're reaching nationwide to the millions and millions of Phil KOE big bucking fans here, folks. And so, yes, don't ever like we're kind of like the Tuscan Raiders from Star Wars, we walk in single file to keep hide our numbers. But Yes, Kay, we're looking forward to getting you on the show, and uh, we are going to get deeper, deeper, deeper into this uh, crazy fucking adventure we call life. So, all right, we'll beat, we'll beat we? that outro from that topic to death. And speaking of beatdowns, uh, let's, uh, let's see what the current update is on this shit show. Uh, so, Judge reacts to uh, Amber Heard's motion to toss out Johnny Depp's defamation case. Big shocker here, that didn't happen. And... I love the picture of the judge here, and I keep seeing highlights of this thing pop up on, like, TikTok. She just looks so defeated today. Somebody was taking a video, and she just looks so annoyed. Like, she might just retire after this whole shit show ends. Uh, judge presiding over Johnny Depp's $50 million defamation lawsuit rejected Amber Heard's motion to toss out the case, according to Deadline.com. Uh, Penny... As Karate, I am sure I butchered that, said that sufficient evidence had been presented by Depp's lawyers to keep the case ongoing. Heard's motion to strike is almost a formality after plaintiffs wrap up their case, and it was expected that As Karate would reject such an effort. That is completely as expected. We did not expect this to go away just because her lawyers came off of Wish.com, and they are god-awful, and I mean every bit of god-awful. Uh, I thought Binger was bad last year. Now, these, these people are just completely inept in every aspect of the law. I...
feel like this is probably their first case overall. And she finally did take the stand this week. And from what little I've seen of that, she's not doing a very good job herself. And it's been pretty inconsistent. So, yeah, it's not going to go well. How this thing ends, it's going to be a fiery disaster, Titanic meltdown sink, and I cannot wait to see it. What I do got to say is, and uh, Tony, resend K the link, but what I do got to say is um, when I now hear about Amber Heard, in my mind, I've already gotten entrance music for Whoa, here she comes. She's a man beater. Whoa, here she comes. Like, so that's uh, now going to be the first thing I think of when I hear Amber these days, uh, because it's. It's not looking good for her side. Like I was about to say, Binger is like a persuasion master compared to her attorneys. Like she is not getting her money's worth. Hell, even Jesse's attorneys were better. They at least got him out at the end, in the end of it. So I would say this is not, um, this has not been a good case for Amber and Johnny Depp. He's just been kind of charming his way through it, which I always say, you always got to be skeptical of somebody that's charming their way through a court because you're supposed to be a little nervous and a little stressed when you're in a courtroom but he just seems as cool as fucking cool as ice really so yeah. uh, I, the acting I, chops plus how inept the uh attorneys for her are i wouldn't be so nervous myself if i were him yeah honestly i think it is a part of the you know johnny depp is a fucking top level actor probably has something to do with it but something i've always uh found a little skeptical in this uh, whole trial uh somebody have you been following this particular carnival at all so i actually have a little bit of history of spending some time down at the local county courthouses and paying attention to various trials because most of these things are actually typically open to the public and the things that i've heard and seen in this trial don't appear to be that out of the ordinary from anything that i've heard going on in you know the inner cities in local municipalities or things like this um, I think that there's a lot more media attention and I'm really excited to see what happens after all of the dust settles in all of this. Uh, but things are definitely kind of tending to look one particular way at this point, but uh, who am I to say what that is? Uh, you know, it's just a fascinating thing of, uh, nobody really seems to take it seriously uh, as seriously. Like when, a when the woman's hitting the man. It doesn't seem to have the same weight to it. Now, granted, there is a, there is actually a you know difference in you know proportional force, so that's understood. But I, I just remember one time, I think it was Teen Titans Go. I forget which show it was, but it was uh, two characters that were in a relationship, and the female just slaps the fucking bejesus out of the male character, and I just kind of thought, hmm. All right, so that's still going to be acceptable for another generation now. Great. Uh, so the, I, that's something I've just kind of noticed. Like, I want to get to the point where there is no, you know, physical violence in any physical in any relationship, unless you know, like, one of y'all's into like the choking thing. Then that's that's a different thing. But like, if there's just you know, no initiations of the use of force on either side. It's like I always say at the beginning of any relationships, we don't hit, we don't slam doors at each other we don't name call we don't yell we don't dress each other down in public and try to humiliate each other in front of friends friends and family we're going to treat each other with mutual respect always and i'm always very upfront about that uh hey steve god bless god bless uh project somebody and tony looking straight up sketch tonight i'm thinking the blues brothers like project like come on don't you, you cannot yeah, come on sketch 
the Blues Brothers. You're gonna you're gonna sit here and shit on the Blues Brothers. I I can't even, sir. How dare turn you? on your love light? <laughs> so uh, I mean, Phil, you did make me promise that I wouldn't go too deep into the whole post-genderism, post-humanity arguments, and trying to look at things without the lenses of genders. But yeah, no, I tend not to agree with you. I have always looked at these different videos of people on the internet where we have two children in a school, and there's a young lady who is much larger than the young man and she's beating on the young man. And then the young man comes through with an uppercut. The young lady falls down and then everybody in the school tackles the young man for assaulting the woman. Uh, you know, when we're looking at adults and we're dealing with uh, people in consenting relationships, we have different power dynamics and typically a man's going to be bigger than a woman, but we can't talk about typical situations and pass generalized rules and these social expectations on things or else we end up with things like, hey, I'm allowed to punch you, but you're not allowed to punch me, which is no, never going to be a good recipe. Hang on. Stop the presses. The big bucking empire has been revisited. It's been far too long. We have now been revisited by the one, the only, K Fellows. Thank you for gracing this panel with your presence this evening, madam. How are we doing? Well, thank you guys for having me on. I'm doing good. Absolutely. Alrighty. We had to give some female perspective regardless of who was on because, let's be frank, a bunch of guys talking about uh, the meat of the show tonight was going to be questionable at best so you you definitely lend a ton of credence and credibility and we are just super glad to have you thank you for joining we us. we needed your expertise to also be a combo breaker to this sausage fest Absolutely. <laughs> so welcome to the show we're actually talking johnny depp amber heard for just a little bit here um now curious have you been following this circus fiasco at all oh yeah i've been following very very closely i'm a huge johnny depp fan all right. <laughs> well, so how do you think it's going for Amber? Oh, not good. She has definitely exposed the living crap out of herself. I think that she had quite a bit of support going into this whole fiasco, and it's just been dwindling little by little. I don't see how she has any support left at this point. I think that her small little band of supporters that she's managed to cling onto are overwhelmingly people that have been taken advantage of and truly want to believe that she is the victim that she's claimed that she is, but she just isn't. Yeah, belief by default at this point, because it's every day it seems like something has been obviously contradictory and all the audio tapes that are coming out and the text message conversations between her and other people. It's just everything has been so damning. And even her own testimony has been so conflated and contradictory to what she's saying in the moment. Like she can't even keep her own story straight. I, I can't imagine this is going to go anyway near her favor and when it does inevitably go in johnny depp's favor i i'm afraid to see the flame out that she has because it's gonna be very dramatic i have a feeling well the saddest thing is is that amber heard is only known as as big as she is because of her relationship with johnny depp i mean who knew who amber heard was outside of oh she's an aquaman and she used to be married to johnny depp she was a very very nobody doing small time, like, you know, Nicholas Tage type shit, but never got her big break to where everybody knew who she was. So, I mean, quite honestly, a lot of people believed that her marriage to Johnny, because of the age gap and because it seemed like this was the most random coupling ever, a lot of people have been under the uh, assumption that probably it started with her clout chasing. 
That's fair. I say nobody wants to Caribbean movies. Yeah, no, I'm not sure how relevant that maybe necessarily is. Like, my wife's a famous Twitch streamer as well. Whether she's bigger than me or smaller than me is irrelevant. I don't like to reveal who this individual is so that it doesn't influence anybody's opinion of myself or herself based on who either one of these people are. It helps in social situations. I could understand where it would be a good idea. I could also understand where it might be a good idea to reveal to everybody like this deep, intimate relationship. But I also find that involving the public and private affairs is very rarely a very good way to go about things. Um... Granted, according to the court case and all the things that are going on, we're seeing a lot of other things. I just don't know, like, how big of a star, how successful in her career she was before after the relationship started. I don't know how relevant all of this may be. Well, I mean, I think that it would be interesting to know as far as breaking down this whole situation. Like, where did it start? What was the purpose? I mean, did she go into this relationship with an intention or was she truly in love with this man? And it spiraled into a absolute shit show of not just physical abuse. I mean, quite honestly, the physical abuse is probably the least horrifying thing out of all of this. It is the emotional and psychological abuse that she has inflicted on this man. And I think that it would be interesting to know if it was if this was the goal going into the relationship or if this is just something that this is a woman that is very, very deeply troubled and has a, a sincere need for a lot of psychological help that unfortunately this just, he was, he was the person that was there to take the brunt of it. Now, uh, if I may, for just a moment, this is something that even if you were to bring him into court and have him swear, I don't think he would say it honestly. And this is just circumstantial. But you remember that time when Amber was dating Elon Musk and suddenly when they were out and about, Elon had all these marks on his face? Just saying. Uh, th- this well, might be a bit more indicative behavior. This might be something that she's... Uh, oh, there's the cameo. He, ma- he made the comments at least. All right. We're not completely poultry free tonight. Hello, chicken. May your travels be well. Well, well, yeah. well. Yes, we, we've got a crazy cast of characters this evening, but I know that's a bit of circumstantial evidence, and that's one of those things that in a court, it wouldn't hold up. But in the court of public opinion, oh, that is that is damning evidence, unfortunately. Well, and that's so, the thing. The court of public opinion, regardless of the outcome of this, like the damage is done. Like Johnny Depp said, what have you lost? Like nothing less than everything, because regardless of the outcome, even how good he comes out looking from this. The damage is done in a lot of people's eyes who, like Kay said, are going to believe Amber Heard regardless of her innocence. So it, and this is the same stigma for any anybody who has false accusations or real accusations, regardless of the outcome. It's not like people forget, and especially those close to you. The stigma still remains. Even if they believe you, it's still there, and they still think about it to some degree. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so, the problem is, uh, like Ronald Reagan said, after he had been vindicated in some, I forget what the hell it was even about, but he said, well, um, that's uh, very nice that I have now been completely vindicated. Now, uh, who do I go to see to get my reputation back? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's nobody there to go. go do that. So that, that that's the problem with these accusations. But you've noticed that, like, over the years, they're starting to have less teeth. 
Like uh, an accusation five, six years ago was pretty much the end of somebody's political career. Now that's it's true. almost kind of like a measure of, oh, okay. Like uh, the guy that's running for governor here in Nebraska just had a sexual misconduct allegation. And basically it's like, okay, if he can weather this storm, he's fucking safe for the rest of his political career. That's how it is now because you could almost, ca- like if you've made any measure in this world, if you're going to do anything of any consequence, you can almost set your watch to the fact that there's going to be some sort of accusation of some sort of impropriety against you at some point against somebody from somebody. So, so, so there, there is something to this. Okay. We'll go back in the good old days just to be accused of something was such an assault upon my character. I'm so humil- humiliated. I can no longer show myself in public and to be the president and to be accused of such a thing is so disgraceful that I will resign. Now we've only been accused of something. And as time has gone on and lawyers have become more litigant and everybody has gotten more used to the idea of it's not over until the fat lady sings, so to speak, everybody's trying to fight this out to the bitter end. And again, we're discovering this amazing feature of Logan Paul syndrome that I don't want to say that cancel culture isn't a thing, but gee willikers, your target base and the people that love you are going to love you because they love you because you say the things that you say. And it doesn't matter how loud you say them or where you say them or what your opponents say about you. A lot of times the people that love you are going to love you. Now, if you come out and you say something totally egregious that your fans aren't going to agree with you on, I don't know that this is canceling so much as you saying something that made your fans go, Ugh, I don't know about this guy anymore. Well, that's totally fine. Just so long as we can still like, you know, click on the content creator and hear what they have to say from time to time, rather than being just <clears throat> disappeared down the 1984 Orwellian memory hole. Like, so, well, so long as we, we can at least do that, that's totally fine. That is kind of the thing about the internet though, is the amazing thing about all of the variety of amazing websites all over the place. And I hate to bring it back to our last story. Mike can still have a Facebook account. And if he needs to put his promo codes out, he doesn't have to do it on Twitter. That's not the only social media game out there. I hear Trump's got one and shoot. I hear he's got a buddy named Frank that built him one too. So like, (laughs) well, what we don't really need to worry about is because like leftists said for years, well, if you don't like it, you can just make your own platform. Elon Musk said, I'll do you one better. I'll just buy me one. And so now we're about to see what that's about to look like here in the the very near future, folks. But Mike Lindell jumped the gun. He thought, Elon's taking over. Surely I can start a new Twitter now. No, you got to wait a few more months. (laughs) Oh, it's real. It's real. I have always looked at the leftist whenever they talk about Uh, the way that these decisions are made and people are accusing them of, well, they're just conforming to what these people want. And the people on the left are saying, thank God, these people are doing everything that we want. Really, this is a private company making private company decisions and deciding what the public is going to perceive as being the best course of action, what's going to generate them the best revenue source. Elon Musk has taken a large portion of his, uh, you know, net worth. Well, not even really a large portion, but a good chunk of it, a lot more money than what I've got. He's put it into an investment in a new business in which he thinks that he can make a couple changes that are going to increase the potential revenue and therefore therefore, like increase his net worth so that he can either sell this company down the road to someone else and let them continue his changes and his great vision. Or maybe he thinks that this is going to be what makes him famous and he'll run for president one day on the platform of, don't you remember what a great president of Twitter I was? Now I can be the president of everything else, too. But we'll see how that goes. Now, I got to say once again, folks, stop 
the presses. This is an <laughs> unprecedented show we have this evening. We are now being joined not only by Kay Fellows, thank you for gracing this panel with your presence, but the one, the only, the big brain motherfucker himself, Tiberius fucking D. Welcome to the show, good sir. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Oh, goodness gracious. Now, I gotta you know, ask, uh, Tiberius, I assume, I, I'm sure everybody here does as well, but are you about to sign up? for franksocial.com like we all are because yeah this I mean, is a must this is gonna be the hot new social media platform i don't know how we get the streaming on there but it, it's gonna have to happen next <laughs> wait is it like correct me if i'm wrong this is my pillow guy right yeah yep. that's mike liddell we found Welcome out earlier mike like liddell's frank social this is the only he rejoined twitter he rejoined Twitter on Sunday, only to be banned again after about three hours because they don't let you come back yet. So yeah. he followed Trump in getting banned on Twitter, and then he also followed Trump in making his own social media platform. And I can't wait to join it. I just can't wait. Uh, sounds like amazing. cancer in a box. Ouch. <laughs> oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be absolutely horrible. I can't wait. I, it's called the marketplace I, of ideas. It's a beautiful thing. It's an American concept. I love it. I hate it. <laughs> Stop doing this to me. Say what, I just make, Jay Wondrous, say I what you want. That crazy son of a bitch can sell some pillows. Uh, now, yes, but let's be frank. Him getting into politics really fucked with his ability to sell pillows. Okay? Like, I'm guessing he sold less <laughs> pillows than he would have otherwise. He won't even I still away. haven't gotten over his little, his very, very small appearance in the Abby Johnson movie. I was like, I'm sitting in a theater, I'm like, is that the My Pillow guy? It is. Hey, uh, Kate, can you turn your mic down just a little teeny yep. finger? Okay. Oh, so. yeah, you wouldn't want to be louder than Phil. He hates when that happens. No, no, I could just see Tiberius like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it, it, it was just like, but no, no, it was one of those like, all right. Sorry, Tiberius, I'm totally throwing you under the bus here. No, uh, you're fine. <laughs> I, I. I, I, I'm not trying to be rude, but I totally didn't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Desperado Sensei says, push the boundaries of what is, quote, free speech, where without breaking the law, I wonder what voices would get, quote, silenced. Well, I've always been a believer that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And if you want to run to the intellectual hall monitors, that's just a way of implicitly admitting that maybe your ideas aren't quite as good as you think they are. So, well, you like, thought it was me, bleach. Come on. You bought into Trump saying it was bleach. It's <laughs> Come on. He never said that. He said the potential of injecting disinfectant. He never said bleach. Never, never, never. So, uh, all right. So, why do you do this? Uh, I, we've touched on Mike Lindell and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Shall we get into it or do we want to? I think, you know, I think we should. I think it's time to get into the main event because, like, Tiberius K, somebody online, it's just been such a slow news week. There's just really nothing to talk about this week. There's really just, I mean, it's been pretty just ho-hum business as use you well. Yeah. Nothing really, no big controversies, no well, giant court decisions of, of the century that That's are going to be That's why we were talking back. about controlled substances on my channel. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, we're now about to be talking about a very uncontrolled subject substance the mob's rage uh we're getting into that very soon so roe v wade the yeah gum it the very oh dang it because yeah wade is one of the drinking words tonight folks so all right so roe roe the roe decision 
So this is why we usually use Wikipedia, because apparently Britannica.com is just super damn busy. Wow. Uh, those mean... of you unfamiliar with Roe v. the W word, legal <laughs> case in which the U.S. Supreme Court on January 22nd, 1973, ruled 7-2 to two that unduly restrictive state regulation of abortion is unconstitutional. In a majority opinion written by Justice Harry A. Blackman, the court held that a set of Texas statutes criminalizing abortion in most instances violated a woman's constitutional right of privacy, which it found to be implicit in the liberty guarantee of the due process clause of the 14th Amendment, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And yes, this week has been a little bit uh, tumultuous, to say the least. We're finding that there is a leak that was it starting in February. The Supreme Court was kicking around the idea of overturning Roe v. Wade. Now we can speculate. Uh, we, we can start there. Let's speculate why this is what the first big Supreme Court leak, whatever. Why is this happening? What's the goal here? Is it a real leak? Is it not? What What do you guys think in terms of the speculation of how and why this got leaked? Let's start off with. Uh... Well, Ty, since you just got here to the show, let's start with you, good sir. Uh, so I'll do the why and then the how I'm still kind of up in the air on. Uh, the why is this is such a big deal that no matter if you are on the right or you on the left, you have a very damn good reason for letting everybody know what's coming down the pipe on this one. Um, this is, excuse me, this is one of the political events of the decade. Um, and we're, I mean, we're only two years into the decade, but I'm a hundred or two or three, uh, but a hundred percent, like this is overturning 50 years of, um, oh, of statute, I guess. Um, uh, there's a, or a stereo decisis, what the term of it is. Um, but it's overturning about 50 years of that, if not more. Um, holy crap. Like literally my, I was talking with my folks about this, uh, like you, you look at lawyer movies for the last forty years. If they don't mention, uh, you know, Roe, um, you know, holy crap. Um, so long, long story short, for me is this: uh, the whys are this is huge, and the sooner everybody knows, the better. Because if anyone's going to change their mind, or you, you're going to start banging the drum, do it now. Um, I actually don't blame somebody for leaking this. Uh, the question I didn't is. Do it. Question is how. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not an insider when it comes to Washington politics. I'm usually wrong on ninety percent of what they do because they're quite honestly insane. Uh, but when it comes down to what is happening here, um, whether that person should be like let go, fired, I don't really care. It's not my prerogative. This is not really a me thing. Uh, simply putting it this way, if people didn't think that this was going to have a huge blow up effect when it was announced. Like, you're just seeing this ahead of time. Now, Kay, what is your take on this? Um, well, it really depends on who you ask. Um, you know, I have the benefit of being in both the pro-choice, like the very, very pro-choice leftist circles, and also being in the very, very right-wing pro-life circles. And it really depends on which side that you ask. If you talk to the pro-lifers, they believe, you know, their theory is that an extreme, you know, somebody that is pro-choice, that is working for one of these more conservative judges, you know, saw what was happening and decided to leak this. Uh, leftists have a different theory. They believe that the conservatives were actually the ones that leaked this, because if you look back at 
you know, just how politics works. Um, it would be in their benefit to leak this out because judges are significantly less likely to change their vote because they don't want to be seen as having changed their vote due to the peer pressure of society whenever they're supposed to be an unbiased court. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think that it really, really matters why it was leaked or who leaked it. The point is that it's been leaked and we have to deal with the fallout. And quite frankly, I don't think that either side is doing that very well right now. And to somebody online. Yes, sir. What is your take on the leakage here? Uh, we got a very drippy faucet over at the Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, I think that everybody's very interested in everything. And I think that the more that everybody has cell phones and social media accounts and friends and curious family members, I mean, golly, man, when you find out that there's a new thing coming out, you just got to tell everybody about it. And it's kind of inevitable. This is just something that's going to happen. I don't necessarily know who did it and why did it and what did it. I'm kind of into the whole thing about the chaos of the universe and things that are going to happen are just kind of going to happen. You know, now for me, uh, when it comes to the leaker, uh, from everything that I've read, it sounds like it was one of Sonia Sotomayor's aides. Uh, that's what the that's what the rumor mill's saying, and I we one got a name. Clerks. It's it's yeah, it's one of the clerks. It's some 18 year old <clears throat> kid, and to be frank or not 18 year old it's a little older than that they just got their fucking law degree and their dad was some sort of big investment banker and this kid's career in that town is done now of course winky face in a video game but like if you think sonia sotomayor had anything to do with this hell no she is gonna have that clerk's balls in a jar on her desk the minute she finds out what you fucked with me and made me look like a complete moron in front of the rest of the supreme court like yeah she's gonna be the one that fucking does him in if that's if the rumors are true now why it happened is because if you're on the left side of the aisle this is this is the sacred cow like tiberius said earlier like there is no greater sacred cow than this for the left um now what i think is the reason this got leaked is I think the leaker had the idea of, well, if we can get the public to know, maybe we can get enough action. And like, really all this is doing is just causing uh, people to fit, you know, think about how they're going to vote this particular fall because Biden and Harris, they're basically standing in front of a burning house, which is the Roe decision going, Hey, if you vote for us in November, we'll turn the water on and start spraying. And like, a lot of people <laughs> like it's, it's going to be a little too late by then. Uh, so we will see what happens. But me uh, in terms of the leaker going to be disbarred, never going to work in that town again. We'll probably be flipping burgers for the rest of his life. If it wasn't for his daddy's investment banker money. So. Yeah, I I gotta I think it's it's all gonna come down regardless of who leaked it or why they leaked it. I would assume that the big impetus would be the midterm elections coming up. For whatever reason, they thought leaking it was going to influence it one way or another. Now, whether that was to make the Democrats look even more inept heading into that, or whether it was just to light a fire under their ass, because the last time the Democrats got pissed off, well. We got Joe Biden in office, so uh, it, it worked to a degree in that regard. But I, I think that was probably the reason. Like we had to stir the pot one way or another to get an outcome that wasn't just an absolute landslide, which many are predicting come the midterm. So I, I think that that's where it all stems from. Now, I, I was about to say that's kind of my my. I was going to say, that's kind of my twofer question that I've got for everybody here in the panel and uh, for all of you in the audience. A 
do you think this is going to have a significant impact on the midterms if it goes one way or the other? Because to me, I'm of the opinion that everybody's dug in like a tick and they're not moving on this and they haven't moved in 20 fucking years. So I think like... I don't think this is going to, because even when you say, well, what about the moderates? What about the moderates? The moderates have figured out which side they're on by now. So I, I think that would be one thing to consider. But I'm curious what all you think about in terms of the midterms. And the other big question, is any conservative justice going to cross over to the liberal side and save Roe? And if so, who? Because you'll notice in these big cultural issues, the liberal justices never have they ever crossed over to the conservative side? Liberals get what they want out of their justices. It's only the conservatives that ever have to worry about one getting wobbly. And so I think it's probably going to be most likely Kavanaugh, but could also yeah. be Amy Coney Barrett. And with that, what do y'all think? Go ahead. Uh, let's start with Kay, ladies first. I am a chauvinist and uh, I'm old fashioned, so ladies first. Um, I have to agree with you. I I still have my eye on Kavanaugh. I am I've been watching him like a hawk. I did not have much faith that he was even going to be on this side in the very very early deliberations. I am pleasantly surprised, but especially with the amount of pressure that he went through with his confirmations, all, all of that, the amount of pressure that he is about to be under is the, it's going to make that look like child's play. They are going to come for him and his family and his loved ones like he has not even seen um and i do feel for him but i do hope that he stands strong in his stance um because of course i believe that he is on the right side of this um but i do disagree that to somewhat just in regards to moderate voters um i think that um if this was a an abortion supporting person that leaked this i think that they might have shot themselves in the foot with this one because what we've seen um in pro-life activism is that there are a lot of people that are still sitting on the fence in regards to abortion. And it is mainly because of a, an insane amount of misinformation in regards to what Roe v. Wade is, what it does, and what is going to come if it is overturned. Because uh, you have statistics telling us that 63% of the voting population supports Roe v. Wade, but we also have statistics of 60 per 70% of voters also supporting restricting abortion to the first trimester. And those are conflicting opinions, but a lot of people don't know that those are conflicting opinions because they don't know what Roe v. Wade is. Once they know what Roe v. Wade is and they see that they've been duped and that they can still hold the stance that they hold whenever it comes to abortion while not supporting Roe v. Wade, the abortion supporters are going to lose a lot of support that they've had in people that are sitting on the fence right now. Hmm. You know, that I never thought of it that way, but I, you know, we will see here in a very few short months, whether that is correct, uh, which is kind of like what Abe Lincoln said uh, when in the movie, Abe, if you ever seen it, Daniel day Lewis, well, I emancipated all the slaves. And I said, from this day, henceforth, all slaves are freed, but I also might've been wrong about that. So I gave people a year and a half to think about it, and they reelected me. So we're going to find out this fall what people think about that. Now, somebody, what is your thought on this particular question, sir? So it's hard to say exactly. I mean, it is definitely going to have an influence on the midterm elections. I think that there's a big issue that the left is having with apathy as far as motivating their uh, 
base. And I feel like this may feed a little bit of encouragement to that side of things. I feel like this may also be the victory that the people on the right have needed to keep their furnaces going, so to speak, in order to keep them, you know, moving into the right places and doing the right things. Um, it, it, it is going to be very hard to tell. This next midterm election is going to be a very contentious one. I am not sure how it is going to go. Uh, I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm sort of all over the place for it, but I don't know if I'm seeing as much enthusiasm on the left as what I tend to see on the right a lot of times. And if do you think any of the conservative justices will cross over, and if so, which ones? As far as crossover into preserving Roe? Yeah. Again, Everybody, Comey Barrett and, Kavanaugh. Yeah, Comey Barrett and Kavanaugh tend to be the most, like, textualist and tend to rely on the actual written word and rely on the historical precedent and what has been the case for longer. And they seem to be less inclined with sort of trying to set new precedents and creating new ideas and making changes. So again, if we are going to see anybody stick to the idea of let's keep things the same way, I think that those are probably the two best options for it. But I mean, if you're asking me for odds in Vegas, it wouldn't be a bet that I'd place. God. Yeah, I was betting like in the midterms, I was betting heavy Republicans until this hit. Now it like at least for the next month, if they were to hold the election within the next month, it, it could be anybody's game. But we still got a lot of time between now and midterms. Uh, so Tiberius, been waiting patiently, good sir. What is your analysis on these <clears throat> questions? I'm largely going to echo the last statement that you just made, uh, and it'd be the antithesis of K in regards that I think this is gonna be huge. Uh, and before this had fired off, literally, if you had asked me a week ago where, where the midterms were going to go, I think, or I was expecting literally one of the biggest swings in House history, if not like the biggest. Uh, the record is like 120, and I'm serious with how bad people are paying out the nose when it came to inflation. I think that the Democrats were going to get their asses handed to them. This issue, though, uh, done, or I'm, I'm going to use some polling from Tiberius D. Uh, is uh, when it comes to the people that I've actually chatted with, uh, and I, I regard th this as disaffected voters and moderates, is that this one has pissed off a lot of people. Um, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of people that were very energized by this decision. And I think a lot of the like, uh, like the core of the left and the right are absolutely have been reinvigorated. They're going to the polls. Uh, that is its own prerogative. We can like break those voter blocks down. But what really is interesting to me is that I have always talked to disengaged voters just to see, hey, what would it ever take to get you to actually vote? And one of two major issues is exactly this, particularly for moderate women who are disengaged voters who don't usually vote, is that they don't really care about the system. They don't really, you know, give a shit. Uh, but when it comes down to it is that the ending of Roe v. Wade almost always is one of the big things that would actually get them to actually go vote because they do want that right, not only for themselves, but for other women. And what surprised me actually was not just that women were saying this, but moderate men uh, in the last couple of days have been coming out to me and saying the exact same thing is that uh, to a large degree, they would rather have like a like a semi-social and like the polling data supports this. Most people have a, a moral issue with abortion, 
but they want some window where you can have one. And the issue that I keep running into is that these folks are kind of under the impression that if Roe goes, even places like Mississippi, Texas will ban abortion, which I don't know. But what I can definitely say is they want a constitutional, not a constitutional, they want a federal protection that there's going to be some window in there. And if it's not, they're willing to go, all right, the national like trend is more important than the state trend on this issue. Uh, so that's what I've seen and what I've heard through just engaging with voters and people, uh, because I've gotten way too many political phone calls this week. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> Probably one or two. Uh, T, do you got a question? Because I got a handful. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I don't actually expect anybody to flip when it comes down to it. I, I think it's going to be pretty pretty much as expected uh, like yeah everybody expects Kavanaugh it's going to be anybody then that's probably the most likely that's what I've been hearing anyway so I, I don't really expect anything now in terms of your other question was how is this going to impact uh the midterms? The, yeah the midterms how do you think this is gonna swing I, it I don't think it's gonna it, like you said if it happened tomorrow yeah but come the time that it actually goes down I think we're gonna have a pretty clear-cut idea of where it's going to be going into it. I, I think it's going to settle back down. I think maybe not nearly as big of a landslide as before, but I, I think it's probably going to swing back in that, in that favor. Now, the thing about uh, the row case is a lot of people don't really understand it. Don't understand why it was implemented in the first place, how it came to be and the fallout from it. And now the fact that it hasn't been overturned in as long as it's been, after people picked it apart for as long as they have why is it happening now like you can connect the dots and say yeah it's all due to elections but given the fact that we've had new justices come in over the last few years now i i guess it also makes sense to see why it would be happening now in that regard but i i think it is still mostly trying to dictate the elections so whether or not that happens and really makes a big impact, I really don't think so because you're going to see the big summer fallout blowout and you're going to probably have people swapping sides ultimately, regardless of how this goes down. I think more information is already public knowledge and concerning Roe Wade. You're going to see people learning stuff that they didn't already know. And I think you're going to see people swapping uh, sides in, in both ends. Hmm. In the flood of information. Now, this is uh, something that just kind of occurred to me, and this is something I'm going to pose to the entire panel here. Just one, so I got other questions here, but uh, this one's just a very simple one. And I'm going to start with UK because you've interacted with so many communities on thank both you, the uh, oh, thank on both the uh, on both sides of this particular issue. And you've, we've seen it for decades. And I'm curious, the whole panel here, everybody within the sound of my voice, what your thoughts are between the pro-lifers and the pro-choicers, which side wants it more? You know, as a pro-lifer, people would expect me to say, like, obviously the pro-lifers want it more. But um, after doing this for almost nine years, I have to say that I, I truly believe that whenever it comes to the activism side of it, the, the pro, the abortion supporters want it more. They do. I mean, Tony kind of touched on this, like, why has it taken us 50 years to overturn this? That is ridiculous. And the reality is, is that I get a lot of, I get a lot of crap whenever it comes to voting season, because I'm, I'm a progressive and I don't vote for Republicans, even whenever it comes to abortion. And this is what I tell them over and over and over again, just because they run on the pro-life label and they talk a big game about getting rid of abortion. 
in the last five years is whenever we've actually seen real action taken on this issue whenever it comes to legislature. So why would I continue pouring my support into a party that continues to run on getting rid of abortion, but does nothing about it in between elections. And the reality is, is that abortion supporting politicians are out here actually doing the legwork. Hmm. All righty. Uh, somebody online, who do you yeah. think wants it more? So, I mean, what we really need to talk about is who is the group of people that is wanting this at this point? We need to kind of ask, like, how much do each of these groups want what they want. I feel like a majority of the pro-life individuals fall into a number of different particular groups and they want it for their particular reasons. I personally tend to lean toward the libertarian ideology a little bit more. I like the government to leave me the heck alone. And I know that a majority of people on the left start talking about women's bodily autonomy. And honestly, if you guys are familiar at all with the political compass, I feel like I just stole three quarters of it from you guys. And I don't know how the other 25% is going to be able to say that we want it more when we got more guys than you. You know, I can understand what you're saying there, but like to me, it's almost kind of a matter of uh, passion and energy, like which like because like I understand what uh, Kay's saying entirely, but also like I've been to some very evangelical churches and the energy and the passion to get this decision. This is big. Like, trust me, the evangelicals are, well, maybe not popping champagne tonight, but uh, par popping their grape juice this evening. Uh, but Tiberius, in your opinion. Who wants the? And he just, I think he just kind of gave me, gave us all well, a little middle I, finger there. I, you kind of <laughs> have to comment on that a little bit, Kay. No, my, I mean, it doesn't matter how bad my crazy uncle wants me to want it. I'm not going to want it. For him. <laughs> but go ahead, Tiberius. Uh, yeah, no, like my sinuses are depressurizing because the weather here can't figure out what the hell it wants to be. Yeah. Um, so, um, it it sucks right now. But anyway, long story short. Uh, who wants it more? I'm going to put it into two different categories. When it comes to actual pure fervor, like the right has this. The pro-lifers have this in the bag as far as pure fervor. But when it comes to the numbers, the, the left has this by, by, by sheer number or by sheer weight. Um, the, they have their passionate ones, but the problem is like most of their most, or excuse me, the people who are most passionate about being pro-choice make most people want to puke. Because there is a level where a lot of folks who are uh, like kind of like in the middle here throw the fetus in the bin and they just like roll their eyes in the back of their head and start streaming, you know, like fucking repent, repent. Um, there is a level that that is absolutely the case. Um, I don't think anyone looks at uh, outside of like decently far left people. Uh, look at the pro-life committee and go, all right, yeah, these people are moral scum and abominable. Um, there are people that frame it as, as you're anti-woman and you don't believe in women having choice. But I think almost any calculus that you swipe at this, unless your moral axioms just kind of don't exist, um, people put some moral weight into the, the possibility of their child, whether you call it a fetus uh, or a clump of cells, all the way up to uh, is a person that that whole gambit there is moral weight um and basically in a long shell is that uh, i i think the fervor definitely hits the right but there is a lot of people that have some weird ideas when it comes to american policy like we're a socially conservative economically liberal nation but there's a few issues that we kind of go the inverse of that and this is one of them 
a lot of people love the libertarian mantra when it comes to abortion. I don't know why it's kind of strange, but uh, it's weird. Like if, if push comes to shove, this is one thing that by opinion polls, people openly and overwhelmingly, and I'm talking 70% plus support, give them at least some choice. Do not blockade this out. And I'll end with that. Fascinating. <clears throat> Fascinating. So, D, you got I, uh, I, I think that in sheer terms of old school, who wants it more, it, it, with taking technology out of it, I, I think the pro-lifers definitely have a more traditional presence in who wants it more now if you want to talk social media it's not even close the the pro-choicers have completely overtaken all the social media platforms with how badly they want it so i i think it's just different styles in this regard but yeah i i would lean that uh, the pro-choice crowd definitely has the the bigger voice and especially right now because you're going to see that and you're going to see it on the news and you're going to see it in the coming weeks how bad they absolutely do want. And of course, the pro-lifers are going to push back, the, the traditional ones anyway. But the reach that uh, the pro-choice crowd has online, I think that they're probably going to have a, a much easier time making their opinions known. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with that uh, project. I want the panel to drink more. Well, I will accommodate you real quick because Chicken did tell me that the stars did not work because Phil was going to have to take a gin shot and unfortunately oh, that's just well, not gonna happen so i will the heavens you have quickly. smiled upon me ziggy zoggy ziggy zoggy oh, oh. and uh somebody you wanted to get in on this there you go yeah probably. so i wanted to kind of maybe reframe this question from who wants it more to maybe who is more afraid of this whole thing and i think that people on the left have a particular fear and again we talked about bodily autonomy and attack on women and all these these things that they're afraid of and the fear is going to be what motivates them to vote. And I feel like on the right, we have a different type of fear and we have a fear of things that are happening and things that might be happening and what people's intentions are and what people are doing. And again, maybe the question of who is more afraid or what exactly are they afraid of? For example, I've had conversations with a number of pro-life people that have told me all of these terrible, horrifying things. And then when we've looked into these things a little bit deeper together, we found out that well, maybe this is a little bit of a mixed characterization of how terrible these situations might be. And not to say that it changed their opinion of them, but it assuaged some of their fears, so to speak. You know, I'm, I, I, that is a very interesting way of putting it. And in, in further panels going forward, I'm going to add that to my who wants it more. I'm also going to add who has more fear, because to me, I think unequivocally the fear is way greater on the left. And to be frank, as much as I hate to say, this is... Folks, you might not like this, but it is very true. Fear is a far greater motivator than love. Okay? It, it just is. We cannot like that about human nature, but it just fucking is. If you go, I would love if you went to go do that versus go fucking do that. Like, it's two entirely different things. That's a great motivator. But um, one I, uh, thing to keep in mind. I got to pop this comment up from Amanda because I, I could tell uh, Kay's skin cold when she saw it. So I, I did want to give Kay a chance to respond to this. Uh, Amanda chimes in. You can never get rid of abortions. Making Four it illegal yours, just makes it more dangerous for the poor and same accessibility to the rich. So we, the pro-choice, stay more vocal. And then she followed it up with, had this conversation with a French journalist on Sunday. They loved my view of abortion as recycling. If life does begin at conception, sending back around to go to a person who wants it a better option 
than it's staying with someone not wanting it. Uh, Kay, go I'm ahead. I'm gonna go I, throw I know up. <laughs> uh, yeah, bring a bring a bag. This is not at all an uncommon argument. It's actually probably one of what I would consider the default arguments, especially in the last few years with there being a very, very high chance that Roe was going to go back to the court. This is, it's one of the fear-mongering tactics that a lot of abortion supporters use because quite frankly, that is all that they have left in their arsenal at this point. They have to scare people into supporting abortion because otherwise they are going to lose support and they know this. And this goes back all the way back to the 50s and 60s whenever the abortion industry was first starting out. It's just, you just saturate the ground with so much misinformation that by the time pro-lifers get a hold of somebody, they have no idea which way is up and which way is down. They do not believe anything that we tell them, even if we give them unbiased sources. Um, And people are legitimately scared. And that, as a pro-life activist, that makes me so upset for people that have been terrified into supporting something that they otherwise would not support if they did not have this fear. The reality is, is that abortion bans do bring down abortion rates. Somewhere between 14 and 20%, just banning abortion by itself does bring abortion rates down. Now, there are other things that we do need to be doing. You know, access to contraceptives brings abortion rates down. Access to good health care brings abortion rates down. Access to, you know, free or low-cost child care brings abortion rates down. And these are things that we can discuss as, you know, as pro-lifers, these are conversations that we do have. And this kind of goes, circles back to what we were talking about, about who wants it more. And my argument that pro-lifers do not want it as much as pro-choicers do, because the reality is there's so much that pro-life legislators could do right now that completely destroys the narrative of why abortions need to be legal in this country. And not only are they not doing that, they actively fight against it. And that is why at the end of the day, pro pro-choicers do win out in the argument because they do have a solid logical inconsistency when it com- whenever it comes to pro-life legislators. They say that they care about life, but the reason why we get called pro-birth sometimes is because of politicians sitting in office right now that claim to be pro-life but are doing absolutely nothing to stop abortions from happening. You know, you raise an excellent point there, but it's something that I've actually had to address a couple of times on a few different panels in the last few days is you you get this argument and it's some shape, form or figure of, well, you might be pro-life, but what about if the child has an inadequate access to resource across their life? What about that? Huh? 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 And to me, it's like, I bet most, there's quite a few people within the sound of my voice that could raise their hand and say they had a very inadequate access to resource while they were growing up. And to me, I always say, what roll of the dice would you rather take? Have no chance at all, or at least have a chance. And so that's the way I always look at that because like, because to me, like, I always find it a little cute when the very ardent pro-choice people, they're just very flippant with, well, this person shouldn't even live, or this person should, or they shouldn't. Well, once you make it personal to them, well, what roll of the dice would you rather take? Would you rather have no chance at all, or would you rather at least try to have a chance? And so that's the way I've always looked at that one, and I've, 
And it actually, funny enough, on the Prime panel, when I dropped that one, it was actually a mic drop moment. Everybody just kind of shut up for a second. It's like, wow, I've never done a mic drop in an abortion debate. That's that's something. Well, but, if I uh, can now, pick it up uh, real quick from there, if you don't uh, mind. Uh, give me just 20 more seconds here. It's just one last thing I wanted to say. Um, but, uh, Kay, here, uh, like the folks that are pro-life, we never thought we would get here honestly like this day I, I never like like i kind of feel like we're a dog that's catching the car and we're like wow holy shit we're actually here what the fuck and uh, like and so it's really something somebody take it away yeah sir. so okay i did want to push back a little bit i was a hundred percent like behind you with everything that you said in that thing except for the first one i think that when we ban abortions we only like see reduced like legal and safe abortions or reported abortions like i think that back in the old old days pre roe v wade there was a lot of dangerous things going on and i'm really afraid that we may potentially see more dangerous things occurring in the future i'm worried about the way that those things can can play out so again i am in favor of all of the plans that you're saying and those do all lead to less of these bad situations because people typically speaking want to have children they choose not to have children because they feel they don't have the resources they feel like it would damage their ability to get to a place in their life where they could raise children in the way that they want to be able to raise children and so like we need to enable people to finish their education to get into their careers and then to be able to raise children once they have the resources to be able to do this properly. I think that if you go into like our federal prison system and you ask these people, hey, how is your relationship with your parents? Most of these people would tell you things like my parents never really wanted me. My dad wasn't around a whole lot. I didn't know either one of my parents. I was in the, the system my entire life. Nobody really wanted me. Nobody really loved me. And I think that when you have someone that is going to have a child that is not extremely enthusiastic and passion beyond all belief and extremely excited to bring this life into the world and devote all of their time and energy into turning this into the best possible human being that they can, oftentimes we see people in really bad situations. And I wouldn't ever want to say, well, these people shouldn't have a chance and these people should have a chance. But what I am saying is we need to make sure that we are giving everybody the best possible chance that we can. And I don't want to sound too freaking red hat and change my freaking thing to the one with the star on the top because goddamn, I love America and I love the way that our markets work. But we do need to make sure that there's a way that the common man in this country has enough capability enough resources to be able to raise a family and get their children to school and put food in their belly and make sure that they're not out on the street doing terrible things because they can afford childcare and after school programs and all those wonderful things that made all of us so smart or at least those of us that could afford such things i wish i would have been able to go maybe i wouldn't have been such a dummy <laughs> and i totally hear what you're saying and like that is a very very real concern and you know whenever i said earlier that you know i i don't think that either side is really handling this news very well like you know i'm going to call out my side first you know Roe v. Wade is, it, we get told that Roe v. Wade is being overturned and we have pro-lifers, you know, dancing in front of the Supreme Court about how, you know, they're dancing on the grave of Roe v. Wade while some people are genuinely scared that they're going to, because of pre-existing health conditions or whatever, you know, that they're going to get pregnant unintentionally and end up dying because they don't have access to care that they need. There's just so much fear and one of those fears is that, you know, you're not banning abortions, you're just banning access to safe abortions. And this actually stems from a 
a deceitful lie that actually stems from the original Roe case that, you know, the whole coat hanger thing that overwhelmingly abortions that happened before they were legal were happening. They were self-induced. They were quote unquote back alley. But the reality is, is that majority of illegal abortions that took place prior to Roe were actually done by medical professionals. And there was actually no significant decrease in the number of women that were dying from illegal abortions after Roe was passed. And so whenever we're talking about illegal abortions and back alley abortions and the danger of abortion, if you want to make a comparison, we should talk about the women that have died during legal abortions, about clinics that are that are not passing, you know, safety regulations, but are still being allowed to perform abortions on women, even though they are not up to safety codes in their state. You know, these are things that we've seen over and over and over again. And the reality is, is that the abortion industrial complex does not care whether or not they kill women, whether it's legally or illegally. So, but and at the end of the day abortion ends in the death of a human being 100% of the time. And sometimes the reality is that it ends in the death of two human beings. Oh, and so not a human being yet. And you can't bombs. actually like, it is human tell DNA. me that when we tell someone, Hey, this is going to be a doctor that's doing it, but they're going to do it at their house because they can't actually take you into the hospital and use all of the drugs and the instruments and the sterilized things that it's going to be just as safe because it's still a doctor that's doing it. Like, again, and I don't mean to be outrageous like and say it's not this thing. Here. Give me a moment for, please, Kaoli. Again, you can't tell me that someone, like, I'm going to take you out of, we like, whenever we do a medical procedure, we put them in the best possible situation that we can. We get them as much light as we can. We make sure that we sterilize absolutely everything, even if it technically doesn't matter. This is the way that we try to do things so that we can try to preserve life to the best degree that we possibly can. And every time we reduce one of these like precautions that we're taking to ensure that we're preserving life, we're like increasing the risk to these people. So again, by saying that these people can't have access to the facilities where these things should be done if they were regulated with the proper oversight that is supposed to happen in these situations, that, oh, they're going to be just as safe because the doctor is still the same doctor. Like, there's all of these other, like, pieces of the infrastructure that are missing that make it so that this is safe. And again, I don't mean to insinuate that, like, an unborn child isn't a baby, but there is, like, a process that occurs because I don't mean to get too vulgar on your show here, KOE, but I got a trash can over here that might be full of a bunch of babies, and I swear to God I'm not a freaking murderer. Uh-oh. Naughty, naughty. Uh, but th there is a distinction there, I, I would have to say. But first of all... Um, somebody you also kind of described an old doctor in our hometown that like he yeah. passed away many years ago but yeah you just go to his garage and he just stitch you up and he would even yeah. forget to send you a bill when and I god bless poor, him too when uh, i was poor i used to go to the veterinarian to get a bunch yeah. of my medical treatment and get my teeth pulled and whatnot because he was so much cheaper than going to like the clinic down the street because you know there's no free clinics uh, there, there used to be uh, charity hospitals run by the Catholic Church, but those got regulated out of existence. So, eh, is what it is. But I so, in, in this regard, uh, I, I, both sides have very strong, strong arguments. But it is one of those things. Like the problem that we have here is what I like to call Schrodinger's life. And if you don't know what the experiment of Schrodinger's cat is, it's uh, Dr. Schrodinger basically said, if you put a cat into a box and you can't see the cat or hear it, and you keep exposing it to greater and greater levels of radiation, you don't know when's the exact moment the cat died. 
But you know, once you got to like 10 times the level of radiant, you, you know the cat's dead. But you don't know. And we're kind of playing this strange game of Schrodinger's life where nobody, like, and what really did, because we don't have an objective measure. We just don't. We have what our own personal morals, our own ethics, what our own fuzzy reading of science sort of kind of tells us because like Ooh. it's the problem with science is even if you're a scientist in that area you're probably not very good at persuading people and if you're not a scientist in that area can you really say you're capable of reading the data and so we're all kind of taking a fuzzy reading of what we think the science is mixed with our ethics and our morals and then we say here this is where I put it because even your most ardent pro-life person would get a little queasy or would, would really not like the idea of charging someone with murder with taking a morning after pill. And even your most ardent like pro-choice anti-natalist probably gets a little queasy at the idea of aborting a baby the day before it's due. Like even if they say uh, here on a debate, like totally, I would do this. I think when the rubber meets the road, they would get a little fucking queasy at that idea. So somewhere in the middle there is Schrodinger's life. I want to get in on this for a minute because I've, I've talked about this before uh, a lot. And this is where I like to punch on people uh, very particularly. Number one, this is a moral conversation. It is not objective. It is moral. Okay. And this gets into like where people put their moral weights and whatnot. And we have to be honest with two things. Number one, uh, moral conversations do not have an objective truth to them unless you're an immoral objectivist, in which case like, uh, we can have that conversation, but you're not going to agree with anybody else in the room. So I don't know how you have that point. Um, on the on the other side of that, um, when you get done with admitting that it's a moral conversation, there's a level where somebody's going to leave the room pissed off. Uh, then you actually have to have the ability to have that moral conversation. And uh, guys, the average American populace is not equipped for this conversation because it's one thing. Where you're like, hey, look, this is how I was raised. This is why I was instructed. You know, this is what I am. And there's a lot of people on both sides of this, whether they're just Christian. They were told consistently throughout life that abortion is more wrong and it's evil uh, and it's an express ticket to hell. Or the other side where it's like, how dare you take away the the freedom and opportunity of a woman to kill her own child? You know, how you know, what is wrong with you? You can't do that. Um I'm being a little hyperbolic for both sides because I think everyone's a little stupid. Um, but when it comes down to it, um, I, I'm going to be completely honest, though. Uh, this is a problem in the regards that people are ignorant because when you actually have to test out your moral compass and you have to think about it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, mental, emotional energy to sift through one's morality and be like, why is this bad? Besides somebody told me so. Like, can you be okay with murder in any kind of circumstance? You know, at what point does it become self-defense versus a naked aggression? That kind of thing. People don't think about this. They don't spend their time, their energy, their, you know, their wherewithal to do this. And I'm not saying like that's a bad thing in some regards, but in this case, it might be. If you're not doing that, you're not equipped for this conversation. Quite honestly, stay the fuck out of it. I, uh, I did want to, double back real quick to something that uh hidden in amanda's really really twisted logic if i can find oh it uh here it is uh not all we have how about my body my choice end of conversation if i wanted the government my uterus i'd say the center i don't pass you amanda uh but yeah that's the thing about this conversation is that 
it is super, super damn gross that the government gets to be involved, and not just the government, but really anybody gets to be involved in telling somebody what they can or cannot do with their own body, especially in a day and age where people are encouraged to do whatever the fuck they want with their own body. And there was a time in my life where I was I was mostly just pro-choice because I just didn't want to get involved in the conversation, and it just didn't involve me at that time. But now after, you know getting another 10 years of my life, having kids, I, I still not going to be comfortable telling somebody what else to do, but I would definitely encourage them what to do. I'm not, I'm not going to verbatim turn my back on them, whatever they decide, but I would definitely encourage them not to seek out an abortion because once you've had kids, it changes everything about you, the way you see the world. And I'm somebody who, yeah, one time, uh, yeah, I was, I was on the chopping block. My, my mom didn't want me. Luckily I was adopted by my grandmother. So, you know, even then I was like, well, it's really not my place to tell anybody to do anything, but you know, the stigmatization, like Kay was saying, originally the, the, uh, the really bad propaganda, the way they made it sound like it it was the same way that they, the fear mongering of uh, criminalizing weed, right? They really made it sound a lot more dramatic than it was in terms of, oh, these back alley abortions, they're, they're running rampant through the city. It, no, it wasn't that bad. But now that we have come so far in advancement in medical procedure, it's still bad in certain areas. And like some of the people in the chat were saying, Chicken and Lynn were talking about how cracked houses are probably more sterile than some abortion clinics. And then Chicken did mention, after Amanda chimed in again, uh, are procedures as common as the pill? Because the procedure standards are kept are, and keep the pill. Let the women have their options to do what they want with their own body. And Chicken responds with, Amanda, you do know that this decision will just push it to the states. Half the country will still allow it. And I think that's probably the most important issue that people do not really realize in terms of this being overturned. This is not going to make abortions disappear overnight. That's not going to happen. And that's the reason we live in the United States of America, not just America, right? States should have the final say in terms of where you live and what you can do within the state lines. And I will turn it over to the rest of you. I got I, I got two things I want to do real quick um, because I'm out of time. I'm sorry, but I... I, I oh, go I, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I wish I could stick, stick around, but I, I've literally got to get to bed. Um, it bothers me a lot. I'm going to punch on both sides again because I can. Uh, six months ago, I was hearing pro-lifers saying my body, my choice when it came to vaccinations. Um, and now I'm now I'm listening to the people that were like, hey, yo, um, you don't, you shouldn't have your bodily autonomy. Like you should be to getting your vaccine. No, I'll please saying bodily autonomy. So it's just like, yeah. uh, congratulations. You all brought it full circle. You're all fucking hypocrites. <laughs> Pick a lane, lefties. No, like lefties and righties. Like I, I heard <laughs> both sides completely flip on their arguments depending on this or on the political position. So um, quite honestly, America. Fuck all of y'all. Get your shit together. <laughs> I love it. Without further, without further ado, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could stick oh. around. Like you guys are great folks, but thanks um, for joining us, man. Tiberius, it. really quick, really quick. Um, go outside tomorrow. Pick all the dandelions in your yard. Boil them in water and add the water to literally anything you drink. Your sinuses will be clear in like a couple hours. Trust. I've heard of this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We'll, we'll we'll give it a shot. 
anyway, uh, yeah, my name is Tiger USD. I do a lot of geopolitical content, but I also host the Mask Off podcast featuring Lord Phil KOE, among many, many, many others. And I also do some other nerd content. Whenever I'm done being in the fields consistently, I might do a review on the Doctor Strange movie that I watched today. So, you know, plenty of stuff out there. But without further ado, thank you all very much. We'll see you next time. Thanks Travel for joining well. us, man. Appreciate Pleasure it. Pleasure meeting you, sir. Ah, so if that is the one, the only Tiberius on the... Yeah, you, you just click off the window. It's not like Discord. <laughs> yeah. Tony, I do want to kind of push back on this a little bit. I do understand what you're saying about, like, you, you want to always encourage people to do what you think is right, but you never want to tell anybody what to do. I'm, again, also in the camp of don't ever tell anybody what to do. My issue with encouraging people with what they should do is you have to assume that you know what they should be doing better than what they do, and you don't have the perspective of walking in their shoes and living their life. And while you can give advice and you can give your own perspective and you can share what your thoughts are, at the end of the day, they do need to make their own decision. And the reason that I bring this example up is because if I talk about the nice young lady who's working on getting her uh, law degree and she's this close to the end and she's right there at the end and she's trying to blow off steam and she goes out and something terrible happens to her and now there's something going on and I can either finish my degree and go on to be a career and become a great attorney or I can make this other choice and I really wish there was a way that you could hit a pause button on the pregnancy and go hey can we wait like maybe 18 months to a year and then we can finish out this process man if we could like extract an embryo and put it in a freezer and then re-input a thing and again i don't want to get too much into the cyborg stuff but man oh man i do love technology um well but- even being able to transport that into somebody who's unable to conceive the standard way that would be able to that would want to finish that out that would be amazing we, if we, would get we are getting out. there we are yes. getting there. The The well, technology for external wombs is coming. We are like, they are making an incredible progress in that area. I'm really, really hopeful for it. I mean, at that yeah, point, yeah. it does kind of change the whole ethics when you get better medical yeah. technology, because let's say just for the sake of argument, 50 years from now, we have the kind of medical technology where you can actually extract a, at any point of the pregnancy out of the uterus as simply as a blood draw and then put it somewhere else. It was like in the uh, book, All Tomorrows, I did an audio book reading for, people actually put these uh, small uh, these small fetuses into rockets and like shot them into different parts of the galaxy and used that as a way to actually see the stars of humanity. And so like, there's a lot of different ways that we could go with this. And so I think once you get to the point where, well, we can preserve the baby just almost immediately after conception, I think the ethics of it all changes radically. Well, you would then, think so, but I've actually argued with pro-choice people that have said that that it should still remain an option to abort uh, to abort the unborn child, even if there wow. is the option of taking the child from the uterus and pl- and planting them somewhere else. So my great like me, talent cool. here on Twitch is the reframing game, and I've been having a lot of conversations with some people somewhere about overpopulation recently, and like how many people that the Earth can support and everything. And once we get to the point where like we can make every single egg inside of every single human like actually turn into a living human, and we can like actually maximize the total human population to the point where like every human 
person is going to end up with like hundreds of children because we have the capability to maximize the total amount of life. At what point do we all starve to death? Because we don't have any food or whatever it is that's supposed that, to happen with the overpopulation thing. And that's why you need to support Elon Musk making us an interplanetary species. And then we can just basically <laughs> colonize the entire solar system, colonize the asteroid belt. And then you're going to have trillions of people. This is going to be the crazy part. Colonizing the sun. 99% right. of everything in our solar system is there in the sun all of the hydrogen gases all of the metals that we need it's all there and we're right. gonna need trillions of people to do it but it's a race between this technology and that technology and i think that the maximize the total babies and save all of the babies technology will be here before the sun colony technology and we're worried <laughs> yeah, about resources so. and how much stuff we're gonna have and again when we're talking about total population and i understand that we've got a total population decrease that's currently happening but from what i understood i thought that this was a good thing because of like the fresh water shortages or whatever the heck everybody's talking about or is it that there's not enough land or food or what's the thing that we're running out of that everybody is afraid that the overpopulation is going to happen why do we need more people this is the thing that a lot of people uh kind of get like the earth is not overpopulated i want to say that again and i want everybody within the sound of my voice to hear me the earth is not overpopulated it is very badly managed that is the difference Uh, communism now well, no, the real big problem is, well, no, we need a CEO. We need a manager, unfortunately. So, but, so we need yeah, ultra like a Stalin capitalism. Guy. Well, the problem is we have the biggest problem and you'll like this because you're, uh, you'll enjoy this a little bit, but. A crazy person. You can say it. <laughs> 95% of the earth's population is trying to live on about 3% of the earth's landmass. LA, New York, Sydney, Tokyo, Hong Kong, fuck Beijing. T- take your pick. And if you live in one of these cities, sure. The earth looks real overpopulated. Come out to Nebraska. Okay. There's fucking open no. fucking country. No, no, no. Every- Phil- don't you do that. Don't do, no. that. And again, Don't Phil, do that. Don't do that. Don't invite people I here. In, <laughs> I lived in Idaho for a while. That is nice. one of the most sparsely populated places in the great United States of America, outside of like, you know, Alaska, North Dakota, some other beautiful parts of the country where everybody should want to live. But anyway, the point here. is the people there don't want anybody else to move there. They're very happy with the space that they have, and they're worried about their neighbors getting too close. And frankly, I don't think that there's enough room for anyone ever anywhere. Well, actually, you could fit every uh, human being if you gave them a quarter acre lot into the island continent of Australia, and you'd still have half of Queensland left over. So it's just another instance of like, we're just, it's not overpopulation. It's we've got a really bad logistics issue, and our earth overall is very badly managed by the likes of Biden. So like that, that's kind of what we've got at this point. It's, it's not great. It's not perfect. But, you know, to me, I think whenever people talk about the earth is overpopulated and all honesty, this is going to be kind of a controversial statement, but agriculture is not even at its full productive capacity. It could go to a next fucking level easily. And I really am of the opinion that the earth could really sustain about 12 billion people before we would need some significant technological advance to accommodate for it. I, I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with Phil, but he's not wrong in a lot of regards, but I, it would be nice if we get to a point where we're not conceiving everybody that's just able to conceive can conceive just based off of the fact that they make mistakes 
but how do you relegate that without the the ugly word abortion? Like we're not there yet, and I, I don't think better we're forms of contraception. That's exactly. how we regulate it. Exactly. Yeah, that, like to me, contraception I, I, that doesn't cause women to gain insane amounts of weight and absolutely yeah, lose their mind with hormone imbalances and yeah. birth control options that are available for men and yes. uh, uh, sterilization Jeez. options that don't leave women completely impaired and with irreversible side effects. That's what we need. We need better and more efficient forms of contraception. I agree yep, and, wholeheartedly and, because I, I don't know that maximizing every potential con you know conception is really the goal anywhere i think it's just making sure that the people that want to conceive are able to conceive if that's the, if we're going towards technology and in, in terms of children and birthing we want to be able to make sure the people that want to conceive can conceive and the people that don't want to at the very least can prevent that from happening or as we were alluding to earlier transport that to somebody who absolutely does want to let's let's make sure that the quality of life is at least respected in that regard people who want to have kids and have because there's so many people out there right now who would love nothing more who are trying desperately to have children and cannot meanwhile there are so many people who it's the last thing that they want and take plan b on the regular just because they don't care about wearing condoms or vasectomies or whatnot because it's just not that important they can go pop a pill and it's no big deal after that and that's really the unfortunate thing in it all right not to give away that i'm a lizard man too much or anything oh, <laughs> i knew it um, i mean i'm really like into the different types of technologies and the things that we're coming out with at some point i'm really into like future uh contraceptive techniques and things that we can do i think that it's a really like terrible thing that like the fertility thing is on by default from the time that we're like what 12 or 13 or something when people enter puberty yeah. until like when it's time that we decide that the body is like nope i don't want to do this anymore and for some people this happens like in their 30s like Again, we need to have like maybe off by default. And then when it's time, you go take the magic pill. And then all of a sudden, hey, guys, it's my time of the month or whatever it is, you know. And, and I should be able to get rid of it like whenever I don't want it anymore. Like I have two kids. Yeah. Don't want it anymore. Not using the parts anymore. You want the parts? Take them. I don't want them. They're driving me crazy. Like I can appreciate that. Like, I, again, I don't think that well. we should be forcing people to suffer when they don't want to. It's almost like torture. Oh, goodness. And that's why, folks, I want to use all that DNA to try and seed the stars with it. But also keep in mind, folks, uh, if you've got a fairly high IQ and you're a smart person, maybe think about uh, having a kid or two, because that's the thing that always really worries me about our species is that the people that have low IQs breed like fucking rabbits. And then I was having a really fascinating conversation with a good with, uh, somebody that we chat with all the time, T, I'm not going to say. And they're saying how they absolutely positively do not want any kind of children whatsoever. I'm like, dude, you're a smart guy. And I'm afraid that your brain is about to think your own DNA into extinction. Okay. And fuck you. Our species is dumb enough. We need more smart DNA floating around. So get out there and fucking do it already. And so, yeah, that's my, like, I think just for the general, general, just to raise the aggregate IQ of the species, if you're a smart person, 
Quit being selfish. Get out there and make some babies. God damn it. Sperm banks and egg donating and sperm banks and egg donating. However we can fucking get there. If we can raise the species IQ up a couple fucking points, I will take it. I, I'm really like to me, that's like I'm a farmer. Everything reverts back to the mean. When you look at a field, all the anything that's even slightly a little different. It will revert back to its sort of genetic mean, if you will. And so if you can raise that fucking DNA IQ of the whole species a little bit, we are all the wives there. And Tony, what is this shit? Uh, chicken chicken requested a gin shot and sent me the funds on the you other. You rotten no good ne'er do wells. Well, give me full screen for just a second here. Um, all right. Because I also got a question for the whole panel here because uh, it, it's a good one to kind of cap things off but all right i'm gonna do this god-awful beef eater god damn it i hate gin but needs must and you the big fucking empire get what you want and so i'm gonna do the classic gaelic irish toast to fighting stealing and drinking if you're gonna fight may it be for a friend if you're gonna steal may it be a lover's heart and if you're gonna drink it better be with me Does it taste good, Phil? Is it good? Yummy, yummy in my tummy. Fuck. Is it delicious? Fuck you. <laughs> Who invented gin? I want to go piss on their grave. Oh, my God. That is fucking awful. Phil, that's not very nice. Well, okay, but I'll make sure it's gin that I drank that day. So they'll consider it respectful. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Damn it. Why? Why? And I do got to say... um, Somebody other than myself, you are one of the smartest dressed people on men on YouTube. I gotta say, and on Twitch, like just I gotta give it to you. Like, I mean, other than myself, obviously, because you know, I mean, just five star looks every single day. But yeah, I okay. am missing my pocket square. But sir, you need to get your bow tie so game back on point. I mean, this is essential. And frankly, to the rest of you folks. Quit being so worried that people are going to make fun of you for looking like your grandfather. I mean, Absolutely. a good tweed will last you your entire life, and there's nothing wrong with that, friends. And he was a distinguished motherfucker, so, yeah, that I, grandfather here. I, maybe do, I do have to ask uh, somebody, what is the cage behind you? Uh, one, of the, one of the chat has been very vocal about what he's thinking the cage is, but I doubt oh, that I'm it is. Like a it doesn't look like a yeah. I'm an amateur ornithologist. I raise okay. parrots, parrotlets, conures, and whatnot. This one belongs to two green-cheeked conures. I have a breeding parrot's mating season at the moment, so they're not currently here. They're in uh, the Love Shack, if you know where that's at. So, I mean, so in a this is where they, they, they come back to when they're doing the rusty-nesty thing, so to speak. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, I have some very beautiful green cheeked conures. Unfortunately, they're not here with me today. But again, if you come to my Twitch channel, somebody online on Twitch, they are visiting me very frequently. They sit here right on my desk when I'm doing my interviews with all the interesting people that I talk to. KOE, I do look forward to our interview that we're going to have here, hopefully in a week or two. Um, yes. And you'll get to meet them then. Yes, yes. Uh, that will be, I, I very much look forward to it. And would that happen to be on the somebody online Stream on Twitch. On Twitch. <gasps> Twitch.tv. Yes. Somebody online. That's my name. That's All who right. I am. You can watch me there. I really now, appreciate it if you would. Before we get into the shameless self-promotions and try to entice people to the post show... I got one last question I want to pose to you all, y'all, because he, this is where it's coming down. Okay? 
do you think this is going to happen when it comes down to nut cutting time supreme court it's the 11th hour do you think someone's going to flip uh, if you had to bet the house if you had to bet a silver dollar if you had to bet a hundred dollar charity bet which way are you putting this to go down and k because you have been in this particular area and this was your point of entry to politics really i'm gonna let you go first um i really do i think that in june we are going to see the Supreme Court hand down the official ruling that they are overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, I do think that they are going to pull out all the stops trying to get Kavanaugh to, to switch. And quite frankly, had they not absolutely massacred him and his family during his confirmation hearings, they might have had a snowball chance in hell of actually getting him to flip and remain more moderate on this issue. Um, but since they did what they did to him, I do not see him flipping. I do, I do think that he's actually going to hold his ground on this issue because they're going to res they're going to go back to the exact same tactics that they used last time. And he's going to remember how horribly he was treated and how, what he put, what they put his family through, what they put his children through. And I think that's going to be enough uh, to just light the fire under his butts to keep him exactly where he is. And that in June, I'm hoping that I'm going to be in DC to see it. Um, I think that in June, we are going to get the official confirmation that Roe v. Wade is, Rose, Rose done. Will you please try to do as like film as much as they will allow you to? And like yeah. that, that shit will be fucking just like, like you have no idea. Like 50 years from now, people will like look at that footage as like, this was the day it fucking happened. Like, and so that, that is one thing I would recommend. Like, even if you can just like sneak it under like a coat or something, you got like your phone going or something, fucking do it. Like, trust me, that is, that is going to, if you can make it there, history in the making. Now, somebody online, if you had to bet the parakeet, what would you say is how is this going down? Yeah, I know. I raised the stakes, didn't I? <laughs> I upset a lot of people on the left very frequently. And as you know, I don't like to state my opinion very frequently. I do think that this is probably going to go the way that everybody has heard that it's going to go. I don't necessarily know that it's going to be all as bad for the people on the left as they think, because there's nothing that encourages people to make dramatic change like uh, dramatic actions. And I think that if you really want to make something like federally like illegal like abortion, you need like a constitutional amendment. And again, I was talking about the political compass earlier, and I think I got three quarters of the political compass, and I think that's how many I need for a constitutional amendment. So I think that we're probably going to see a constitutional amendment making abortion a human right within the next 25 years if we don't see some pretty dramatic medical advancements as far as the like instant transmutation teleport the baby from here to there come along pretty quick. But again, I don't really know what's going to happen in the next 20 years is going to be really dangerous if we do need to wait for a constitutional amendment to happen, in my opinion. Tony, if you had to bet the whiskey bottle, if you had to bet the Blanton's gold, Ooh. which way are you going on this? I would say, yeah, nobody's going to flip. I think it's all going to come tumbling down. And yeah, I, I think it's going to go that way. I, I think Rose done and that's it. But I don't think it's going to last very long because I think the effort to at least replace it in some form or fashion is going to be so loud and prevalent that even when it gets to a state level, I think the pressure is going to be absolutely on. And I, again, yes, the midterms are going to happen. And if that goes the way we expect, sure, it's going to hold things up. But I, I, I'm not going to put a time frame on it, but it's going to change in some regard. And I think, it, I think it's probably going to gear a lot 
more towards instances where assault is a is a big factor and i think it's gonna and we could point to oh well the, the mother could die in childbirth and instances like that but really what are the statistics in terms of because i honestly don't know i know it's i know it's very low that the the statistics saying that the the, the mother might die in childbirth so we have to abort i know those cases are a lot less prevalent than people would like you to believe on twitter but i, I think you're going to see assault being the big thing that really kind of twists it back after this all falls probably yes this summer so i, I do expect roe v wade to go away and I, I expect the forefront the front lines to be very loud for a very long time until they get their way that something takes its place well Allow me to, I'm going to try and tie this all together here, folks, because I'm fucking really good at this shit. Uh, But yes, feel free to give me any uh, pushback or announce on this, uh, folks. But this is my, the way I kind of look at this. Uh, Kay, this is the moment for Republicans. If this doesn't happen for the pro-life folks, what was the fucking point of the last 50 years? We finally aligned all the stars. And if they're not even going to fucking do what we've sent them to do for 50 years, what's the fucking point? And so there, this is the moment when they were, uh, unfortunately, Tiberius had to go in. And this also ties into something that somebody online was saying about how you have three-fourths of the political compass. And Tiberius talked about how there's just more numbers and more weight. This does really seem to be like 300 where the 300 Spartans are holding off the 10,000 Persians just to their, and we will hold them off due to our superior justice appointing skills. And so, yeah. And so basically they were able to get the court lined up just right to the point where we finally got here. And if it doesn't fucking go down, I really, I'm going to be, kind of shocked by this country at that point because like wow all the stars aligned and the status quo still just got to march right along what do you know because that's why the supreme court always seems to find a way to justify the status quo but when people are saying that there's all these people that say oh i'm you know when tiberius is talking about the moderates and how they're gonna really swing on this issue I don't know. Do you all remember the Trump effect in 2016 when people like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally going to vote for Hillary. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I would never vote for Trump. And then when they're alone in the voting booth, Trump, uh, like, I think that's going to be kind of the same thing with these midterms. Like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, abortion, totally. A woman's right to choose and all that stuff. But when they're alone in the mid and they're alone in the voting booth. Oh, God. Yeah, that's murder. Check. And so I think that's going to be a very very big factor but in the end i think this is 40 years of republican and conservative and pro-life advocacy finally coming to its zenith and we're going to see it happen now this is one of those instances where we're about to open this pandora's box and see everything that's inside with the good and the bad and let's not pretend that it's gonna like regardless of what side you're on and regardless of where this lands let's not pretend like it's going to be all fluffy roses going from here these are going to be very hard questions they're going to be very complicated questions let them be complicated such as life and with that are you I think the biggest hurdle that we're facing in regards to whether this will last or how long it will last, will it will really boil down to pro-life legislation. I mean, we just got this decision a few days ago, and what happened just yesterday, Louisiana introduced a bill to 
put women to death for seeking abortions in their state. Like the way that supposed pro-life legislatures are going to respond to this is going to determine whether it lasts and how long it lasts. And like I said, thus far, they're not doing a super good job in their response so far. The reality is, is that pro-life politicians do not represent pro-life activism in any way, shape or form. They are more a hindrance than a help in most cases. They are simply an, a means to an end whenever it is absolutely necessary to use them. Um, and whenever it, it comes to reversing Roe and giving that power back to these legislatures, it's going to be incredibly important that pro-life activists get active in their state and hold their legislators accountable for everything that they're saying and doing in regards to legislating abortion in their state. You're absolutely correct there because Republican voters have to have a certain level of ambivalence when it comes to Republican politicians, because it's like Mitch McConnell is a great example of this. Like it's almost like the dumb and dumber scene, Mitch, just when I thought you couldn't sell us conservatives down the line any further, just when I thought you couldn't compromise your conservative principles anymore, you go and do this and totally redeem yourself. Come here, man. We got Amy on the court. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, so like now somebody, uh, is there something you'd like to add to this particular um, I mean, I am always in favor of smaller governments having more control because I feel like that leads to more personal autonomy for me because I have a lot more sway in my personal city council here because I know all of my city council representatives and I know my mayor and they're all my friends and they'll do whatever I tell them to do because I'm the boss around here, you see. And so I want you guys to let my city council make all of the decisions that pertain to me and my life and the things that I get to do because then I can do whatever I want pretty much. But I do understand that the county needs to be involved and then there is the state up above them who have to tell them what to do and then the federal government on top of them and then i guess there's like the geneva convention or the un or something and i don't know what's hey. all above all of that bs but my the illuminati is that uh, don't talk about my brothers like that <gasps> god damn it i told you <laughs> now, again i'm not sure necessarily how all of these organizations work and who should be in charge of which thing but at the end of the day there's a smart guy in charge of making all of the decisions and choosing who can do what and where they can do it all and again i really like the whole democracy thing when we have the whole national government looking at it should abortion be good should abortion be bad there's a lot of people that are anti-abortion there's a couple of people that are really really or excuse me there's a lot of people that are pro-abortion there's a couple of people that are extremely anti-abortion but majority rules in democracy and when we break it up into the states now we've got some states that are anti and we've got a lot of states that are pro and it's a little bit and again we're breaking it down to smaller and smaller levels i think that the next step is we go down to a city by city thing and we'll let each of the cities in texas determine whether they want to have clinics and then each of the rural counties can decide that they don't want to and then we can look at it and go wait a minute none of you guys had any anyway they were all in the cities where they wanted them in the first place that sounds very Canadian. Like what I am kind of a little bit, aren't I? Can't you tell like, by my mouth? <laughs> Hold on, I'm saying like uh, in some of the big cities, like Canadian mayors almost have like the same authority as like a governor of a really small state. Like it's it's kind of funny to so like you're kind of like so it sounds like there's some aspects of the Canadian system that appeal to you greatly, which is radical communitarianism. Well, I, I always think that it's really interesting. Like you commented on it before. We're not just America. Well, or 
or maybe it was Tony that commented yeah. on it, but we're not just America. We are the United States yeah. of America. And another word for state is country. So we're the United Countries yeah. of America. We're a bunch of little independent countries with our low, own little pen legislatures and heads of state. And they all get together and they all agree and they send their senators to the like big group in the middle. And it kind of works similarly to the way that the EU works, where they've got a bunch of independent nations that all have their own little heads of states, and they all send representatives to the big government to go make their decisions. But over there, the national governments have more power. And then over here, the state governments like give most of their power to the big collective style government. And so like the EU versus the United States, man, these two are really similar things. And I think that we should be comparing England to the state of New York and we should be carrying the comparing the United States to the organization of the EU and like big hegemonic multinational government organizations. I like the UN a lot. Can we all join the UN? I like triangles. Don't forget to vote for mayor. President Biden is the best president of all time. Gentlemen, I am unfortunately going to have to go. One of my kids is up. So it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Go ahead. Show yourself and you you can head out. What was that, Tony? Go ahead. Show yourself and you can head on out. Uh, well, I don't really have much to promote, but uh, I did just start a pro-life organization this past November, so you guys should absolutely all go follow it, and we're called PLEA, it's called Protecting Life Through Ethical Accountability, and you can find us on all the social medias at PLEA Justice, um, and you should also tune into uh, the YouTube channel Modern Day Debate this Saturday night at 9pm Eastern Time, where I'm going to be debating abortion with Richard Spencer. Oh, um, shoot to be exciting. So with that, I will leave you guys to it. Have a good night. Hope Thank to see you, you again so soon, much Kay. for joining us, Kay. Travel well. Nice, nice. Well, that was quite interesting. But you know, T, I think we are actually getting at about that time, aren't we, sir? We are getting into the end, and I do have one story. I do want to end on a high note. Well, not a well. For, first, high uh, note, before you but before ahead. you do that, I just wanted to say to this comment here, noob, good f- buddy that uh, me and this amazing gentleman, uh, somebody online talked to last night. He wants on this panel so bad. Well, guess what? Very soon, very soon, the post show is going to be here, and everybody is welcome. You can come to the post show, and the way to find. That post show, so you can interact with these amazing people and so many more people in the Big Bucket Empire, is it's a simple link. I'm waiting for it to come along the bottom, but it is link tree slash big bucket, folks. That is where you can find us for the post show. Here it comes. Follow us on all social media platforms Uh, in one easy place. uh, Link tree slash big bucket. That is where you can find the link to the post show, all of our socials, all the YouTubes, all the Facebooks, the locals. And, of course, the Andre the Giant event is on there as well. So, yes, make sure you have Linktree slash Big Bucking bookmarked somewhere for all your Big Bucking entertainment needs. But, go ahead. Is there anything? T, Uh, T, get get into it. Oh, I'm very sorry. I kind of zoned out there for a minute. I was reading my chat. By the way, I am live streaming. My name is Somebody Online. I am a Twitch streamer. I do politics. I do panels. We talk about very interesting subjects all the time. I actually have a panel coming up where we're going to be talking about the different ways that different types of democracies work in different governments around the world, in different states around the world, because no two governments are set up the same way, and none of these governments run their programs quite the same way. And I like talking about these sorts of things. I also want to talk about toxic masculinity in the next couple of weeks and what the heck is toxic masculinity where does it come from is it a problem should we have it should we get rid of it like 
Where is it coming from? Who's doing it? Who should do it? Who shouldn't do it? What the heck is this thing? We're going to talk about this with so many different people. I love having people of every different perspective on my panels so that we can hear all of the different things and we can try to have a productive conversation where we can actually come up with a definition for some of these words that are so very hard to define. It's this concept of polysemy that I play with on my channel. The idea that a single word might have multiple definitions to multiple different people at the same time, and sometimes multiple different definitions to the same person all at once. But again, I don't want to drone on for too long here. My name is Somebody Online. You can find me on twitch.tv slash somebody online. You can also find me on Twitter at some dummy online because I say some dumb stuff like that, like, hey, follow me on Twitch at somebody online. But by all means, go and do that. Throw me a follow if you're already there. Throw me a sub if you like that, because that's how I eat and feed the rest of my family and stuff. That's where my money comes from. Uh, not that I'm begging for money or anything live on TV. I'm not even on TV. I'm on the internet. Give me your money. Anyway. Yes. There we go. Come on. We're No, we're all capitalists here. Don't worry. This is a lot of Bush and Trump votes. You're not going to be judged. Don't worry about it. Gentlemen, uh, I really do appreciate you guys inviting me on the show tonight. It is very rare that I get to... Uh, interlocute with gentlemen with such good uh, hat choices, such good fashion sense, and frankly, such great opinions. You guys are very interesting oh, folks. I may not agree going. with you guys on 100% of everything, but I do like the way that you guys say the things that you think. And I like the fact that you guys are saying them out here. Again, thank you for inviting me, even though I might not agree with everything you say, but let me say it. Hey, hey. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do Dude, not believe in censorship around here at all. We want everybody to be able to voice their opinion. We want to hear a differing opinion because that's really the only way anybody can actually grow and learn and think outside of the box, not by silencing people who have something that might not align with their own. Got to hear everybody's opinion. Love it. We have absolutely appreciated being on. Loved hearing everything you had to say. Really good stuff. And without further ado... If anybody missed it, the link tree slash big bucket link, that is for the post show. You can find that. It will say post show plus 18. Click on that. You will come into the post show. Now, uh, hey, hang on, Tony. Your Discord we... link is broken. All right, know. Phil, ramble while well, I investigate that. Well, folks, as I'm known to say around here, all that being said, Thank you for joining us here at episode 137, Roe v. Depp, here at Big Buckin' Empire, folks. This has been a dive into some of the most pressing issues of our time, and you did it right here, Big Buckin' Empire, folks, and we've had a crazy cast of characters throughout this crazy evening right here at Big Buckin' Empire on YouTube, Big Buckin' Empire on Facebook, Big Buckin' Entertainment on Twitch, folks, and folks, the crazy cast of characters to talk about Roe v. Wade. This is going to be something you tell your grandchildren about. We had somebody on online here to give his amazing takes and his amazing analysis and to introduce himself to the big bucking empire we had tiberius d swing by to give his hot takes and then he had to get out because much like me he's a farmer planting seeds folks he's got to get to it and then we had k fellows follow her k fellows on twitter 
to really give some interesting insight into years and years of activism into this particular topic. And folks, also, the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your king of extreme, Phil KOE of KOE Nation on YouTube, KOE Nation on TikTok, KOE Nation on Twitch. That's K is in king. O is in, oh my God, you can find KOE Nation on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. E as an extremely happy to know. You can find KOE Nation on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. The devilishly handsome outlaw, the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that makes the other podcast cower, the prince and potentate of the political parlance, the lord of the Scottish Highlands, the conqueror of the ethereal, the Tom Brady, Muhammad Ali, and Michael Jordan of podcasting himself, Phil KOE, folks. I hope every last one of you makes it back to big bucking empire happy healthy much the wiser raise a glass to yourselves thank you for being here thank you for joining us god bless every last one of you and may you travel well tony somebody online take it away so i think i've got the uh i think i've got the stream yard link fixed I don't know why it wasn't working. Uh, Chicken said the Discord link is working now as well. So, yes, the post show on the link tree and the Discord should be working now. I will just be real quick with my final shill. Again, May yes. 20th, the third annual Andre the Giant fundraiser and beer challenge. Be there for that. Friday, May 20th. Do not miss it. Go to the event on Facebook. Hit interested. Hit the reminder. Please be big of the... And this Sunday, Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast, we got a we got a crappy WWE pay per view coming up. So if that's your thing, check it out. Now, Phil, before we do go to the post show, it was requested. Sorry, you got to do a shot because I got to chug another God beer. Damn it! What? I'm going to take that opportunity to get out of here, gentlemen. Thank you again so much for allowing me to be here. I look forward to talking with you guys at the post show, and I really look forward yeah. to the next time I get to come on and have another interesting conversation about oh. some other difficult subjects. Thank you guys Absolutely. again. You've been fantastic. I think thank I you very much, for, uh, somebody. The big bucket empire. When I say you're welcome anytime, good sir. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Fantastic. Peace. God damn it. All right, let's uh, let's let's go ahead and do right. this e. right. God damn it. Uh, cheers, Phil. Clink. Ah. Woo! All right, everybody. You got your whole beer down. Yes, I did. And yes, Skinner West on the TikTok. He got it in. All right, folks. We will see you on the post show if you do so choose to join us. You don't have to be on camera, but you can watch along either way. Now, folks, this was a, it's a difficult topic tonight, but we got through it. We had a really great conversation. Glad everybody was able to join us. Thanks to somebody online. Thanks to K Fellows and thanks to Tiberius, as well as. Thank you, Phil KOE, as always. And I am Tony fucking G. Like, share, subscribe. Make sure to like the YouTube channel, the Big Bucket Empire, and the Facebook page. It's the right thing to do. We will see you next week. We're going to see if it just yeah. smooths itself out. Back. Tell you what I'll do. If I ever get back. I promise to refabricate you Raging rivers of gold That's what the brochure advertised 
And now we're lost. We gotta take it down. Let you get slow. It's hard to survive. 